I remember a scene from one of Gabriel Garcia Marquez's books. It might have been 100 Years of Solitude or Love in the Time of Cholera. The scene depicted villagers losing their memory gradually. And so they went around writing the names of objects around them that they still remembered. And so a chair would have a note with the word chair on it, a a table, and so forth. It's been over 20 years now, and I never forgot that scene. I don't recall much else from that novel, but that particular depiction stuck with me for some reason. I've been engaging with, with scholars and their works for this show for the last year and a half now. I've been reading their books uh, for the last 30 plus years. And what I find most compelling about their profession is the primacy they all place on the naming of things. Uh, concepts and naming them loom large in their works. And, and not only as a convenient way to encapsulate complex ideas, but like the villagers in, in Marquez's novel, uh, the process of naming things and ideas is an integral part of, of doing memory work. Uh, so my guest for the next three episodes is going to teach us a lot about the memory work of uh, Jean Price Moss. Uh, I'll stop here and let him introduce himself. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this dialogue as much as I did. Hello, Patrick. It's such a pleasure to be with you on the Negmaron podcast. As you and I know, it's been uh, a year since we've been trying to uh, plan together a series of conversations on different things uh, relating to Haiti, Haitian literature, religion, voodoo, Christianity, and Haitian intellectual history. First of all, I want to apologize to you and your listeners for my voice. I've been uh, fighting with allergies for the past three months in the great state of Texas, Houston. So uh, again, I want to say hello to your faithful, amazing listeners of the Neckbound podcast. My name is Dr. Silucian L. Joseph. My friends affectionately call me Dr. Lou. I'm a Haitian-American uh, writer. To be more specific, I'm a scholar of Haitian uh, literature, Haitian intellectual history, also Africana studies. By training, I'm an intellectual historian, literary scholar, and, uh, and theologian. My first PhD is in uh, literary studies with an emphasis in African-American literature, African-American intellectual history, and Caribbean culture and literature. Then I have a second PhD in uh, theological uh, theological ethics and systematic theology. Well, currently, I serve as the department chair for English at St. Jacinto College. St. Jacinto College has five campuses in Houston. This is my second 
uh, semester here. I also teach one course a year. Prior to my new position, I was an associate professor for 10 years at Indian River State College for 10 years teaching different uh, courses, African-American-led, African-led. I was born in Haiti. I grew up in Haiti. I came to the States when I was 15 years old, and you can detect that by the way I speak. <laughs> I still I still preserve my Haitian, uh, Haitian accent, and I love going back to Haiti every year. I do different works in Haiti. For example, I founded a school uh, for elementary uh, students before COVID. Every year, every summer, we put a team together to go to Haiti to do medical mission to provide free health care to Haitians who live in the in rural area in Haiti. In terms of my research interest, I am a I'm very interested in theological ethics, religious studies, liberation theology, Haitian literature, and comparative literature of the African diaspora and the Afro Afro religious religious dimension of the people of African diaspora. So I've published a few books, I would say 14 on uh, Live Academic, then uh, my latest one entitled Aristide, a theological and political introduction. But today we want to talk about an interesting book that I published several years ago. Well, I served as the co-editor. It's called Between Two Worlds, Jean-Paul Mars, Haiti and Africa. I had the pleasure to work with a group of amazing, thoughtful, critical, analytical contributors and co-editors like Jean-Edi Saint-Paul, who's a sociologist by training, and Glodel Messilas, who is a political scientist and philosopher by training. So this book, Between Two Worlds, Jean-Paul Smart's Haiti in Africa was published in 2018 uh, by Lexington Books. So it was an honor uh, to serve as the general editor, also to uh, to conceive the plan for that book. Really, it's, well, it's one of my most important works because I like Jean-Paul Smart and Paul Smart's influence and Haiti and beyond Haiti in the Francophone world, as well as, as well as the Anglophone world among black people, black thinkers, is substantial and his and legacy continues. So, Patrick, let's begin. I'm about to get stranded on Tortuga for a year. You have five words at your disposal. Convince me why I should take your book with me. Wow, what a great creative question, Patrick. Qui j'ai vous répondre une question ça? Bon, premièrement, let me give the listeners an overview of the book. You know, what we attempted to do, I should say, non livre ça, we were trying to reassess 
the importance of Price Mars' thoughts and his legacy and uh, implication ideally now a large political correctness, the problem of race, anti-blackness, and also problem Western imperialism in the global South. Price Mars work is significant, I should say, for the renewed scholarly interest in Haiti and North America, um, especially. Also, the, mean, the meaning of Africa, the meaning of pre-colonial African civilizations within us and cultures in the world. So what we attempted to do in this book, Between Two Worlds, was to examine Price Mars's role as a historian, public intellectual, anthropologist, religious scholar, Pan-Africanist, and humanist. Well, if I if I have to choose five themes that that we explored in this book, I would say first, Price Mars as a Pan-Africanist or Pan-Africanism as an idea, also as an ideology. Second, Black Atlantic intellectual history and culture, uh, which is connected to Price Mars engagement and enormous substantial contributions in the Black Atlantic intellectual thought and history. Another theme, the third theme we cover in this book is, is Africa, the meaning or the symbolic meaning of Africa and the writings and ideas of Jean Price Smart. For example, how Price Smart uh, discusses Africa and his work and his writing. What does Africa mean to Price Smart? And as you know, uh, many of my listeners, uh, your listeners, I should say, should know Price Smart's uh, groundbreaking work, Ainsi par la langue, Thus Spoke the Uncle which was published in 1928, deals with pre-colonial Africa, the meaning of Africa for people of African descent and the diaspora. Not only that, the meaning of Africa in global and human history, what many philosophers call histoire universelle ou bien histoire uh, Quasi connected uh, history. Uh, so, tout by ça again un peu l'importance et l'autre idée Price Mars is the in the Caribbean, right? In the Caribbean region, right? And other things. So, for example, when you talk about antianité, créolité, négritude, you tout trouve yon 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 room, yon space in the work of Price Mars. Yon l'autre uh, idea que no or theme we explored in the book is Price Mars' um, connection with the Harlem Renaissance. The Harlem Renaissance, for example, what does he say about the Harlem Renaissance that began in the first part of the uh, 20th century? Which uh, the Harlem Renaissance is that is divided into what we call phases or three stages. So you, you have the first phase, phase qui commencé uh, in 1920, 1920, the second phase, uh, middle, middle 1920s, and then the last period of the Harlem Renaissance, 
you know, 1928 and 29 and 1929, the cultural and literary movement were, um, of, you know, the Harlem Renaissance or the New Negro movement ended because of the because of the Great Depression, the cause many financial, capable economic hardship in the United States. So, en résumé, Pan-Africanism, Af the meaning of Africa, Black intellectual history and culture, the Harlem Renaissance, and Christmas uh, connections with Antianité, Creolité, and Negritude. get to the five themes you mentioned yesterday, I want to zero in on something you said that I thought was interesting. You said one of the conditions that triggered a reassessment of Price Moss uh, for you and your uh, co-editors was, quote, the age of political correctness. What did you mean by that? Yes, yeah, so I did mention the word or the term, the age of political correctness, and why do I mean that by that? Well, this is quite a loaded term, Patrick. One can actually write a book or a doctoral dissertation on the use of the concept political correctness. Uh, let's try to give the term a cultural perspective, and then we can apply it to the writing or ideas of Jean-Paul Morris. Basically, let me parler de political correctness. They're referring to the process of speaking sans que ou pas offenser anyone. So there is a linguistic aspect to the term political correctness, right? In other words, uh, people expect others to practice good manners the way they use language to identify people or to classify others. So, for example, when we use the term political correctness, parler de association en termes to genders, races, uh, sexual orientations, even cultures, different cultures and different social conditions. So, in other words, we are told to be careful to the way we label people, we describe people. But uh, the term itself, some people trace the origin of the term back to 1793, 1790s, in the 1790s. But uh, since the 1980s, he has become an interesting term. Politi political correctness becomes something between the right ring and the left ring, Democrats, the Republicans, and the American society. You don't articulate blanket statements when speaking about people. But how does that relate to Price Mars, right? How does that relate to Price Mars? You see, we have to understand Price Mars in his cultural context, right? Not only cultural, when I mean by cultural context, so we always, always must begin with Haiti, right? Haitian history. And, and secondly, we, we must uh, take in consideration the relationship between Africa right, as a continent and Haiti as a nation and Haitians as a people. Third, we must we must also take into account the relationship between 
Africa and the diaspora, right? People of African descent in the in, in, in the diaspora. Let me give you a quick, uh, an example. Back 1920s, right? That's gonna give birth to Price Mars, uh, uh groundbreaking work, Essie Parlalon. One of the arguments Price Mars uh, made in Essie Parlalon also in his 1819 book, La Vocation de l'Elite. Price Mars dit qu'on que tant que Munke te, te situé in the Haitian working class or people with a higher socioeconomic status. Munsayo, premièrement, they refuse to identify themselves as a group that has African ancestral identity. Yo diko sake, well, they're 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 closer to the european western uh, western identity or western uh culture therefore africa has has no place in their mental process and and the way they see themselves in the haitian uh culture so price smart nice people long because i know for que nous capable embrasser our africanness Okay, we all we are all Africans, right? That's where we came from. We are all Africans. We should not be ashamed of our African identity, right? Also, another example, Koteke Haiti, there was a distinction between uh paysan in Munaville, right? The rural dweller versus the urban dweller. Prismas and his work on Haitian peasants, also Jacques Romain and several writings of his, he tries to, both of them try to challenge the concept, right, the distinction between the two groups and uh, the Haitian society. Haitian, you know, paysan Haitian, rural dwellers, I said, even, even Konyela, American based scholars continue to use the concept of Haitian peasant versus urban dwellers to make a distinction. But Prosperous would say, no, no, tout ça haïtien que nous y, même j'avais Jacques Roumain, no, tout ça haïtien nous y, let's put our heads together pour tout. The title of your book, Between Two Worlds, On Espace la Mita. Let's talk about that. I thought uh, we Caribbean people were Creoles, that we are many things and therefore occupy many spaces, many places, right? Because all Caribbeans came from somewhere else. Why just two worlds? Why just between two worlds and not many more? The title of the book, Between Two Worlds, Your Espace Namita, yes. <laughs> Well, as I have explained before in my previous responses, there have been many cultural and literary movements in the Caribbean uh, region, Caribbean identity. Who are we? Are we African? Are we European? Or are we a combination? Are we a combination of African, European, and Native American. In fact, <laughs> that's a question Prismas tries to respond to. And then si parla long. Qui sommes nous? Leopold Sedar Senghor says there also answered that question. 
Kisomnu, the writers of the uh, Creolist movement and Antianite movement also try to answer that question, who are we as Caribbean? Are we Creole or Creolist, as you put it? Are we Africans? Even Du Bois, right, in his book. Uh, the Souls of Black Folk. Who are we? So this question about Black identity uh, is not a new question, right, in Black scholarship. That's been an interesting conversation in many intellectual works, also in different cultural expressions by Black creative artists, painters, musicians. The question, who I would argue we are a people between two worlds. Between two worlds. The first world is the world of Africa. The second world is, is the world of African diaspora. The, the world of African diaspora includes indigenous, right, or Native American heritage, European heritage, that blend with African heritage. So this is how Price Mars sees or construes the people of African diaspora, also the Asian people. I also mentioned he talks about uh, the idea of metissage. Some scholars use the term symbiosis or syncretism or acculturation, right? Acculturation. So there are different ways. But who are we? I would argue personally, I would argue the Haitian people inherit a triple heritage, the heritage from the African continent, heritage that we, and a heritage, another heritage, the Native American heritage that we became, that we, we embraced as a result of our introduction to the so-called new world in the Americas. But we are part of this triple tradition. For example, when you take the Haitian voodoo, for example, there are words, there are concepts, there are practices, uh, like the veve, many voodooism would say, this is a typically uh, Native American, it comes from a Native American religious tradition. And so there are also Native American words in the Creole language. We are also inheritors of European tradition. So we, you know, the examples are, are numerous, substantial. And as Prasmas would say, the African heritage is omnipresent, not only in the Haitian culture, but also in the Black diaspora. You mentioned in the beginning grounding Price Mars within the Caribbean experience. You mentioned uh, these terms, and I'd like for you to define and expand on them, please. Terms such as criolité, antianité, and negritude. That's another important question. The idea to ground Poismas' work in ideas in the Caribbean region, this is very important. Sometimes scholars would skip over the Caribbean region that shapes Poismas' 
thought, writing, and life. There are three concepts that are important in the Caribbean experience, which we also find in the work of Price Morris. Earlier, I mentioned creolité, antianité, and of course, so I'm going to try to, to give a historical context to each one of these terms. Let's begin with negritude. So negritude was a literary and cultural movement that emerged in Léon Damas from the French Guyana. The, all these three young men were students in, par in Paris at Sorbonne. Some people call them the trinity of the Negritude movement. And their work, those three poets, historical and social contributions of people of African descent, they also challenged the Eurocentric framework, the Eurocentric narrative, Eurocentric epistemology, the Eurocentric narrative discourse about Africa. It was Emma Césaire who coined that term, Negritude as a mode to refer to a specific identity, not only ethnic identity, but also cultural identity. It's good to know that the negritude of, uh, of Césaire and uh, Senghor are not the same, although there are shared ideas, both writers articulated about the, the concept, but there are differences. To the idea of negritude, those three poets try to reclaim the value of Black identity in the diaspora. Negritude praises Black pride. It praises Afro-Caribbean, Afro-Latin American heritage. He also extols the importance of African cultural traditions in the diaspora. But more often when people talk about negritude, the dominant theme is racial identity. Racial identity, African history is another dominant theme, and cultural identity. For example, uh, the most, the most expression, it's a long poem, it's called Notebook of a Return to Native Land. Another important poem, uh, actually a collection of poems by Leopold Senghor, Chant d'Ombre, Chant d'Ombre, Songs of Shadow. Léon Dama wrote Pigment, so where those writers not only they, they interrogate, challenge the Eurocentric uh, perspective on culture, identity, and history, and heritage, they try to replace those different aspects with African, African identity, African history and cultural heritage. And negative would have a tremendous movement in the Black world, for example, among Black scholars, Black thinkers in the United States. But it was Jean-Paul Smart, right? Jean-Paul Smart, uh, MSS there called Jean-Paul Smart the father of negritude. Uh, it's important to remember that even before Césaire created that term, even before Senghor would publish many poems, deliver different speeches or talks on the value of negritude, Paul Smart was already done that in 1928 when he published his book, in fact, Encipala Lot, is a reassessment of African cultural identity, African history, and African 
cultural heritage, and the diaspora. So there are two other movements that's going to emerge in the Caribbean. I'm first, I'm talking about Antillanité, also Creolité. Briefly, the term Antillanité, again, you, you, you have the word, the word anti referred to island. It's a French word. It's explicitly, it refers to the cultural, social, even artistic identity associated with the Caribbean, the Caribbean region. So the, the, the emphasis is on the value, the common heritage, like Negritude, uh, Antianite was a literary and cultural movement. Interestingly, it, it, it was created a, as a response to Negritude, as I mentioned before. So Antianite prioritizes Caribbean culture, which includes European, African, indigenous, right? So, so by Antianite, we are referring to a mixture or a, a sort of what Prasmas called cultural metissage, right? Metissage, right? A blending of African, European, and indigenous influences that give birth, which we find in the Caribbean region and which give birth to Antianite. So this is very important. So when we refer, when we talk about Antianite, we are referring to the culture, the music, the food, the art, the languages that are spoken. And the next movement is Creolite. Creolite emerged as a literary cultural movement in the 1980s, right? In the French-speaking world, the architects of Creolite, Jean Bernadet, Patrick Chamoiseau, Raphael Confiant, called Eloge de la Creolite, that was published in 1989, or In Praise of Creolness. And their work, this is what they say, we pork we proclaim ourselves Creoles. So therefore, they say, okay, the people in the Caribbean are not Africans. They are not Europeans. They're not Asians. They are Creoles. So this is the signifier or the term they use as an expression of the identity associated with the people in the Caribbean. In praise of Creoleness or Elogula Creolite, uh, those three, all three are from Mar uh, Martinique. They articulated a distinctive model of Caribbean identity to distinguish it from, let's say, negritude and antianite. But without negritude, without antianite, you cannot have creolite. So, for example, those three writers emphasize the centrality of Creole, of the Creole language and the culture of the people in the Caribbean. But I should, I should have said Creole languages because there are many forms, there are many forms of Creole. If we go back to, let's say, the 19th century, even early 17th century, people who were born in the Caribbean, especially at Saint Domingue, were called Creole. Creole. But Bernadette, Chamoiseau, and Confiant did more research. 
because in their book they go back to to the time of slavery to reassess what it means to have to be a Creole, to have a Caribbean identity that that is right a form of cultural mitzisage. See all these things I'm talking about. Price Mass, for example, in 1928, and his first book, 19, uh, I mean second book, his first book was La Vocation de l'Elite, which was published in 1919, and consequently his 1929 book. He talks about the cultural melange or mitzisage that highlights the culture of the people in the Caribbean. An important writer uh, your readers should uh, read is Edouard Glissant. Edouard Glissant was, was a literary critic and philosopher. I would argue he, he was probably the most important advocate of creolite and his writing. For example, he published an important book in 1981. It's called Caribbean Discourse. Le discours, le, le discours entier, Caribbean Discourse. Le discours entier, entier, excuse me. Then he published another groundbreaking book, Poetics of Relation. Poétique de la relation in, 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 in the 1990s. So again, Glissant is also from Martinique. He would argue for the complexity of, of the culture in the Caribbean, that the Caribbean people are not are neither or neither African, Asian, nor European. They inherit or they create a culture that is best labeled as cultural métissage or créolité. As I mentioned in the beginning, all those three terms can be found in the, negri um, in the, uh, in the writings of Poissmars. When you look at Poissmars writing in the early 1920s, 1930s, Negritude was, uh, negritude, negritude, the concept of negritude was featured prominently in his writings. But when you look at Poissmas in the 1960s, late 1950s, early 1960s, because he's going to die in the 1960s, you see more like a soft negritude expression in his work.
malé Maman n'en a pas si bon pour moi Pigou qui t'es malé Si chérou caresse pour moi Pigou qui t'es malé Mais si tout doux passé Mais la tête moi pas qui t'es malé Depuis bien quelques jours C'est une seule parole Qui n'a pas tout ce monde Qui prend l'école Moi-même à mon avis Je la vie, non, jusqu'à ce qu'elle mourit. 